Man, you guys look ridiculous. <laughs> Whose idea was this anyway? Um, yeah, it was my idea. That's kind of the whole point. But if you don't have a balloon right now, I'm going to ask you to do something. Go back there and get a balloon tied on your wrist, okay? You need to do that to hear this message. Everybody needs a balloon. I know it's ridiculous, but hopefully it all makes sense at the end. Good morning. And I'm so glad to be with you guys, be in the house of God. Balloons and dollhouses, this is, this is crazy. Yes, you have come to church. I know it doesn't look like it. So let me tell you a quick story. A couple weeks ago on a Saturday, my son and I, he's, he's nine, and my daughter's six, um, and my, my wife, we just had one of those Saturdays. It was a crazy day, just a ridiculous day. Stuff going on from the beginning of the morning to, to the end of night. We had two, two different birthday parties the kids were invited to, one uh, in Pekin, one in East Peoria. Uh, we were getting ready for our 37 event that night, which was awesome. Boys and men, we, we went on this uh, corn maze flashlight event. We're going to do it next year. For those of you who missed out, it was awesome. So prepping for that, we had my, my wife was preaching the next day, so she was kind of out of commission doing, doing that thing. And my yard needed to be mowed. Right? You've been there. You've had those crazy days, and you're like, oh, man, I've put this off. My yard needs to be mowed. And so I realized in the midst of the craziness, I had about 30 to 40 minutes that I could make that happen to get the yard mowed. And, and so dropped my son off at this birthday party, rushed back. Um, I'm mowing the yard, you know. And, of course, now, now in my yard, I can't get the whole thing mowed in 30 minutes. So, of course, what do I do? I do exactly what you would have done. I chose to mow the front yard, right? Because that's what everybody sees. That's what's visible. That's what my wife, when she rolls back, she's going to be like, yeah, good job, honey. And, you know, just don't tell her I didn't mow the back. But I only had 30 minutes. So, of course, I'm not going to mow the back where, you know, the part that can't be seen. I'm going to mow the front yard, the part that can be seen. So I did that. I'm feeling all good about myself. The yard looks good in the front, at least. I'm like, I'm not even going to go in the backyard and see all the leaves and, and all the junk back there. But at least the front yard will be mowed. And as I was putting away the mower that day, I remember thinking, you know, that is exactly what you and I do with our lives. Exactly what we do. We make everything look good in the visible areas, don't we? But the backyards, the places that no one can see, they can be a complete mess at times, a disaster. How many of you, when, when company has come over, you've had a busy day, you, you clean up the visible areas, the, the living room, the kitchen, you know, and you'd stuff all the junk into the, the closets and the bedroom and, and that, the garage and the attic. I, I know you've never done that, right? We all do it. We clean up the visible areas of our house. We make everything look good in the visible areas while the attics and the closets are a mess. You see, our Father, your Creator, wants you to surrender every single part of your life to Him. The front yard, the backyard, the entire house, every single room, every hidden place. And He's asking you today, I believe He's asking you today, He's asking me today, to release control, to give Him full access, to let Him take over, to surrender your entire life. And I think everyone here today has something they can surrender. Let's pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, God, we're so blessed to be in this place. 
where we can preach the name of Jesus freely in this country. Thank you for who you are, Father. Would you reveal yourself to us today? Would you speak to each heart in this place? God, as only you can do, cut this message into a hundred different pieces and speak to every heart individually. Help this morning, God, for us to be desperate, absolutely desperate to hear your voice. May your word penetrate our spirits and our souls. God, we're asking you to change us from the inside out, from the backyard to the front. Jesus, you surrendered everything for us. Now allow us to surrender full control to you. Every aspect, every room, every situation, every place, every moment, we're asking you to invade our lives fully. May your spirit soak into every part of us today. That is our prayer. And in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Let it be so. So this morning, we're talking about this word surrender. And surrender means to give up. Surrender means to release control. Surrender means to abandon oneself entirely. And I think this verse in Galatians 2.20, if you write anything down today, write this verse down, memorize it, stamp it on your heart. It says everything that you need to know. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, when we allow Jesus into our lives, we surrender control. It's no longer about us. We're dead. It's all about him. Your old self is dead. You're a dead man. You're a dead woman. Your new self is Christ living in you. The problem is that we allow this old dead man and woman to rise up. And our old flesh resists, and we try to hold on to things, to control things. And Jesus is saying, no, no, you need to fully surrender to me. You need to release control, to cease resistance, to abandon yourself entirely. So the question is, what does this surrender, what does this full surrender look like to you and me in our lives today? Well, after some negotiation with my six-year-old daughter, serious negotiation, she let me borrow her dollhouse today. And I know it's silly, balloons and dollhouses, but stick with me, because I think, I think this could impact your life, strangely enough. So I want you to picture this house, this dollhouse, as your life, okay? More accurately, picture it as your heart. We're going to close the front door for a second. Okay, got it? Perfect. So if, if the house represents your heart, Jesus is saying you need to live a fully surrendered life to me. We need to surrender the entire house, the entire heart to him, not just part of it. And we need to allow Jesus access to our hearts, access to the house, the, the entirety of it, not just a little bit of it. So where do we start? In order to have this conversation, we have to start at the entryway to the house, the front door, which is why I just closed it. In order to access a house, right, you have to go in the front door. And we can't, have it, we can't even start to have this conversation about surrender until we've talked about this, about allowing Jesus to enter 
the front door of our house, the front door of our lives, the front door of our hearts. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus says this. He says, look. Another translation says, behold. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you hear my voice, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Love that verse. See, Jesus is standing at the door of your life, the door of your heart, and he's knocking. He's not going to barge his way in, but he's knocking. And here's the question, do you hear him? Have you opened that door to him today? I know many of you have in this room, but I'd be remiss if I did not start here as the baseline today. He's wanting to come in your life. He's wanting to develop a relationship with you, a share a meal with you as a friend. That's the kind of God that made you. See, your creator, we sung about it, your creator is in love with you. Absolute, he absolutely adores you. He made you for himself. And he wants a relationship with you. He's so in love with you that when you abandoned him, when you sinned, when you messed up, when you stepped away from him, he chased you back down. And he sent his son Jesus to die a death that should have been yours, to, die, to take a punishment upon him that should have been mine, all to redeem you and restore your relationship with God. He loves you that much, and he's standing at the door of your life, and he's knocking. And like I said, he's not going to barge his way, and he's not going to force his way into your life. He's a loving God. He wants you to accept him for yourself. It's your decision. He wants to invade your life, yes, but you have to be the one to open that door. And this is the biggest decision you will ever make in your life. There is no bigger decision that you could make. It not only determines your life here on earth, but your life forever beyond earth. If you open that door to him, you're going to spend an, an amazing life here on earth with him, fellowshipping with you, but then also an amazing life beyond for eternity. But see, if you keep that door shut, my friends, that is a devastating choice. It's your choice, but it is a devastating one. Hell is a real place. A real place that lasts for eternity, forever and ever. It is isolation away from God. It is a horrible and terrible place that you would not wish on your worst enemy. And I know when, when I opened the door of my heart when I was five years old to Jesus, it was the best decision I have ever made or ever will make. And, and I know, like I said, many of you, if not maybe all of you in this room, have done that. But I would be remiss. I, I, I could not go on and talk about surrender if we don't start there. There are people, there's, I think there is someone in this room that, that needs to do this today. I really do. I feel that. There's someone listening on this podcast that needs to open the door of their life because you know Jesus has been knocking. You know he's been pulling and tugging on your heart. So we're just going to stop right here and give you a chance to do that. And the Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And so we're just going to pause and stop right now and pray. And if you need to make that decision, whether you're here right now or listening on the podcast, you make it. You open that door. Jesus is knocking. He wants to come into your life, come into your heart, and, and have fellowship with you, eat a meal with you as friends. That's your God. So just bow your heads with me for a moment. And just pray this in the quiet of your heart. Say, Jesus, thank you so much for chasing me down when I abandon you. 
for loving me even though I've sinned against you. God, would you restore the relationship that I've broken with you through Jesus and his death on the cross? Would you come into to my front door? I'm opening the door right now. Walk in, Jesus. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out like only you can do. God, seal this now by your spirit. And I trust that now my old self is dead and my new self is alive in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And see, if you prayed that for the first time, man, that is the best decision you will ever make. And I want you to promise me something. Come to the front afterwards. Talk to one of us. Equip and tell somebody you cannot live this life alone. We want to encourage you, shake your hand, equip you, and empower you in the direction that God wants you to go. Okay? Get it? Got it. Okay. So the front door is opened. We better open it here. Jesus is in the house. Yeah. Two of you got excited about that. So you've opened your life to him. Open your life to Jesus. But here's the thing with surrender. It doesn't just stop there. And here's the question. Here's why I want to stay for a little while. Man, this thing is really annoying, isn't it? It's the whole point. What rooms in your heart, in your life, are you allowing Jesus to enter? Remember, he wants everything. He wants the entire house. He wants your entire heart. He wants you to release control to those, those corners that you're not letting him in. And today, there is something in your life, there's something in my life that we need to surrender. There's a room in your life that you have not allowed Jesus to enter in. Yeah, you may have let him in the front door, but you're holding back. And I'll start by discussing the two most popular rooms in, in our house. And that would be the living room and the kitchen. Would you agree? In our waking hours, that's where we spend the most of our time. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 10, and we're going to find a great story about a kitchen and a living room. It's about these two sisters, Mary and Martha. Now, Martha was a homeowner, evidently, and they were friends of Jesus, both of them. And Martha had invited Jesus over to her home. And Jesus and his disciples, they, they come by, and it says, Martha opens the front door to, to Jesus, literally opens the, her front door to Jesus and invites him in. And then evidently she went back to the kitchen and started preparing this meal. I mean, Jesus was in the house, right? Everything had to be perfect. Everything had to be right. And, and a few verses later we find she basically snaps. Martha snaps because her sister's not helping her. Jesus it was in the living room. And Mary, Martha's sister, had, had gone in the living room, didn't help Martha, just sits down at the feet of Jesus. And, and Martha, she's working in the kitchen. She's like trying to make this perfect meal. She's doing all this stuff, working so hard to do this stuff for Jesus. And she snaps. She throws down her knife, whatever she's doing, walks into the living room and says, Jesus, don't you care that my sister is not helping me? I mean, like, this is ridiculous. I mean, are, are you going to let her do, let me do all the work myself? Tell her to come and help me. She literally tells Jesus this. Doesn't even talk to her sister. They must have had sister issues or something. And I love the response from Jesus. He says this, Martha, Martha. He says her name twice. Martha, Martha. You are so worried and you're so troubled about so many things. But just one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the right thing, and it will not be taken 
away from her. See, these sisters can teach us so much in our life about surrender. Martha answers the front door. She welcomes Jesus into her home, but then she completely abandons him. She is too busy. She is too frantic. She has so much work to do. Work for Jesus. That's how she justified it. I mean, he was over for dinner. But don't kid yourself. We cannot be too hard on Martha because you and I would have done the exact same thing. And we do the exact same thing as Martha every single day. We get so caught up, so worried and troubled over all these things that we put expectations on ourselves. We put pressure on ourselves. We put perfection on ourselves. And Jesus is in the next room. Yes, we've let him in the front door. We're Christians, but we've completely abandoned him. And we're running around frantically doing stuff, even doing stuff good in the name of Jesus. We're busy, but we're missing the entire point. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in our lives, yes, but we've left him in the living room while we're freaking out in the kitchen. We are consumed with everything in this culture. We are consumed with everything except for Jesus. And we need to, Jesus is saying today, you need to lay down whatever is distracting you in the kitchen. You need to cut loose whatever is consuming you. And you need to come in the living room and sit down at the feet of the one who died for you. And get consumed with Jesus. Am I preaching? So you may have invited Jesus into your home, but you're too busy to sit and listen to him. How much time are you spending in his word? Like not a devotional, not someone's blog, not a verse of the day. Not that those things are wrong. Okay, don't, don't get me wrong. But how much time are you spending in the word of God? Just you and him, not some secondhand stuff, like real, actual words jumping off of the page, the voice of God speaking directly into your heart. I'm asking myself the same questions. No, we're not consumed with Jesus. We're distracted. And somehow we've got to drop whatever's tying us down in the kitchen and distracting us and consuming us in the kitchen and move our lives to the living room and start there and sit at the feet of Jesus. See, when you've let Jesus in the front door of your life, it's no longer about you. Galatians 2.20, you are crucified with Christ. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. You're a dead man. You're a dead woman. No longer does Chris Taves live. He's a dead man. It becomes Christ in me. But that old man tries to rise up. No longer do you live. Jesus lives in you. But every day you have to choose this path of surrender. You have to choose either the kitchen or the living room. And and I would say, friends, we are failing at this. We are just like Martha. We have to remind ourselves every day that we no longer live, that we are dead. We have to remind our dead man he's dead. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. See, just, it's just like Jesus knocking outside the front door. He's, he's sitting in the living room patiently waiting for you. He's, he's not going to force you to listen to him. 
but it's completely up to you. You have to choose to put down whatever you're holding on to in the kitchen. You have to choose to move to the living room and listen to his voice and be still and quiet. One thing, Jesus says, one thing, Martha, is needed. And Mary has chosen the right thing, and it will not be taken away from her. See, you might be doing something good in the kitchen. Martha was doing something good. She was creating a a meal uh, for Jesus. I mean, that's a good thing. But listen to me very carefully. Good can rob you from the best. And you always have a choice between what is good and what is best. See, doing something for Jesus, yeah, that's really good. That is good. But you have to start with Jesus doing something for you. Speaking into your heart. That is the best. And it's time, church, to choose between good and best. Choose the one thing. Choose the right thing. And Jesus says it will not be taken away from you. See, when Jesus speaks into your life, into your heart, that cannot be taken away. And the moments, listen to me, the moments that you spend in his presence will fill you up far beyond what anything else could fill you up with. And you need to stop resisting to give up control, you and I, we need to surrender, to shut our mouths and open our ears and surrender. Weekends when some of us, we see a brief glimpse of Jesus, we go to church, we kind of wave at him as we go by in the living room, you know, not long enough to really hear what he's saying or anything. Maybe the last time you picked up your Bible, it was when you dusted it off on cleaning day. I'm not here to shame you. I've been there. But Jesus, full of grace, is sitting in the living room saying, I've got so much that I want to pour into you. And we're so busy in the chaos of the kitchen. And we wonder why we don't hear from God. Because we've got a grip on everything except for him. We don't realize that it's got a grip on us. We're consumed with everything but Jesus. And we've abandoned him in the living room. And he's just waiting for you to surrender. I've been there. I've done this. I do this every day. This is a daily thing. We we may have let Jesus in the front door, but daily we have to choose to surrender. The entire house. The entirety of our heart. But I tell you what, when you release everything else and choose the one thing, it is unbelievable. All right, so let's, let's take a walk up the stairs for just a moment. We'll go up to some of these upper rooms up here. Some of these places that uh, maybe we've never let Jesus in. Those closets that we've shoved all the junk into. You know, when did we get the idea that if we just cleaned the living room and kitchen and, and the front yard and shoved all this stuff in the attic and, and, and the garage that somehow God would be pleased with us? Where did we get that idea? He doesn't want to show. He doesn't want your pretend moments. He wants you. He knows you come with a lot of junk. He died for that junk. He died for you with all your baggage and all your stuff. And that, that thing, there's, there's that thing that you're afraid to talk to him about, right? You know what I'm talking about. There's that thing that you're afraid to talk to Jesus about. But here's the thing. He already knows about it. He knows about your entirety of, of, of your heart. You, you might not have let him into a room, but he knows about it. He knows what's going on in the bedroom of your heart. 
He knows about the stuff in the attic that has a grip on you. He knows and he's just waiting for you to let him in to invade that space. See, God can handle a real conversation. He's God. And for some of you, maybe you've been holding back and you need to have a knockout, drag out conversation with God. That might sound weird, but maybe you're angry at him. Maybe, Maybe you're bitter about something. Get it out with him. Open the door, so get it out. Like, open that door to him and just have a conversation with him. If you need to yell, yell. He already knows about it. He knows how you feel. He knows your entire heart. Have a conversation, and then he can say, now we're getting somewhere. Now we have somewhere to start. Because when you have a dark room and you open the light into it, what happens? The light invades that space. See, God, God can handle you shouting at him. He already knows what's boxed up in your attic. And for some of you, it's time to get that out. Pull the dumpster up to the front drive and just start throwing stuff out. Open the rooms. Surrender. Full surrender. The entire house. The entire heart. And maybe for some of you today, you need to go up to your actual bedroom or your actual closet and and have a moment with Jesus and finally invite him into that room in your heart that you've been holding back and get it all out there on the table. He can handle it. He's just waiting for you to open that door. He's waiting for you to show him that mess in the backyard. He already knows everything about it. So stop holding on to it. Loosen your grip and invite Jesus into that room. In John 8, 37... Jesus says this, John 8, 37, he says, And yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. Hmm. There's no room in your hearts for my message. Another translation says, my word has no place within you. It's exactly what we just talked about. That word for no room is, is the Greek kareo, which means to make room to make space, to live with an open heart, to have available space for Jesus. It's the same word, kareo, that that they used in in Mark 2 when Joseph and, and Mary were headed to Bethlehem. And they got to the end and there was no room for Jesus at the end. There was no kareo for Jesus at the end. And Jesus is now saying, you've done the same thing to me again. You're making no space for me in your heart. But you know what the verse before that says? John 8, 36 says this. So if the Son has set you free, then you are truly free. If the Son has set you free, if you've let him in the front door, then you are free. And some of you are free, but you don't realize that you're in bondage to whatever this junk is. And that you're gripping on so tight to something in the kitchen, but you don't realize it's got a grip on you. And it's holding you back. And you're living in bondage. And Jesus says, oh, open some space for me. You're already free. The Son has made you free. You are free indeed. And, but some of you haven't made room in your hearts for me. Yeah, you've let me in the front door, but you haven't made space for me. In the entire house. And friends, it's time for release today. It's time some people are going to get set free today. I believe it. I had to work through some stuff yesterday when I was preaching this message. It's time to make room 
to make space for Jesus in the rest of your house. It's time to loosen your grip. In Deuteronomy, um, Deuteronomy 15, God had sent something in place for the Israelites. Every seven years, he called it the year of the release. And what would happen is whatever debts that, that were owed you, whatever, um, if, you, if, if, uh, if somebody owed you some money, every seven years, it would be the year of the release. You would literally release it all. There would be a clean slate, the year of the release. And you, you know why I think God did that, that set that up, this rhythm of release? Because he wanted to, them to make some room in their hearts for him. If you're holding on to all this stuff, yeah, someone might technically owe you money or, or whatever, but if you're holding on to it, that, that space is not available for him to invade. I think God is saying again today, this is the day of release. So what, what do you need to release in your life? What are you gripping on to so tight that you, that you can't get a grip on Jesus? Because it's actually gripping you. It's tying you down. And there's something in your life today that you need to release, some room that you need to let Jesus in. Whatever you're holding back, you need to release your grip. I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. You know what that is. He's knocking on rooms in your heart. You, you know what they are. And it's time today to, to release it, to let it go. You know, I, I love this time of the year, especially, I mean, we were having like September and November, right? It's beautiful outside. And at night, we can just open our windows and let the breeze just flow through. That's what we're doing here today. We're opening all the windows, all the doors in our house, and we're saying, Spirit of God, would you flow through me? Would, you, would, you, would your wind just flow through my life, like invade every single space. I don't want to hold anything back. I want to surrender completely to you. Correo, make room. What are you holding on to? What's gripping you so hard because you've got a grip on it? What do you need to release today? What doors in your heart do you need to open? Jesus is knocking. Yeah, you may have let him in the front door, but there's a lot of other rooms that his light needs to enter, that his spirit needs to rush through. I mean, a fully surrendered heart to Jesus. Can you imagine what he could do through you, through us? There's a closet door for somebody that they need to open today. There's, there's some junk in your garage that you need to get rid of. There's some windows that you need to open and just let his, his spirit rush through. You need to release it, to loosen your grip. You know, you wonder why you're stumbling around in the dark, but you've never allowed the light of Jesus to enter that room. You no longer live. You're a dead man. You're a dead woman. Christ lives in you. What do you need to surrender today? you bow with me for just a moment just take this moment to spend some time with Jesus and ask him what rooms in my heart do I need to open for you what windows do I need to open what junk do you need to get access to what conversations do I need to have with you so you already know it all anyway but God I'm giving you my whole heart 
Some of you have expectations you've put on yourself. Jesus never put them there. Have perfection that you've put on yourself. Jesus isn't looking for perfection. He just wants you. Earlier in the service, we had a, there's a balloon that was a silhouette that was blocking some of the words to the screen. Put that there on purpose. And somebody took it down. I, and well-meaning, well-intended. But we've let these balloons block the words of Jesus in our life, and it's time to let them go. You've doubted yourself. There's bitterness in your life. You have this idealism that you're trying to live up to. And, and Jesus says, no, let it go. Let me flow through. Open that window. Let me throw, flow through your life. You no longer live. There's past hurts. There's current hurts. There's, there's bitterness. There's things in the past that you're holding on to that today you need to release. You need to let go and give it to God. Things change when, when Jesus walks in the room. There's relationships here that need to be restored. This is a day of release. Tomorrow you're going to have to get up and do the same thing, though. You're going to have to surrender all over again. But today you can get some stuff done, some serious work done in your heart. Your marriage, your children, that relationship with that friend, your selfishness is killing you. Your pride is just dragging you down. Your anger is holding you back. Jesus knows about it, but you've got to open the doors to him. And some of you only see Jesus and wave at him on Sunday, and you need to sit down at the, his feet in the living room and choose to do that on a daily basis. He has so much to pour into your life. But you've got to put down the chaos in the kitchen. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to get up in just a moment and you're going to walk outside and you're going to cut these balloon strings. And whatever God has put on your heart, whatever door that represents that you're opening to him, whatever junk that you're opening up to him, as a representation, you're just going to cut loose your grip on this balloon and you're going to let it go and let Jesus invade that space. Because if the Son has set you free, then you are truly free. Would you stand up on your feet? This isn't about a balloon. It's about giving space, Correo, making space for Jesus. Yeah, you've let him in the front door, but it's time now to give him the entire house. Because you're free. You're a child of the king. You are free. You're walking in freedom. Your chains have been broken. Don't hold on to broken chains. Let them go. Release your grip. Let's go. Cut it loose. Follow Heather out there if you would. Let go. Make space. Release control. Everyone has something that they can surrender today. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your son, Jesus. And the freedom that you bring. 
God, thank you that we can walk in the truth that if the Son has set us free, we are truly free. Let's not pick up broken chains. How good does it feel to have that stupid thing off your wrist? Amen. Let it go. He's got it. Open the rooms. Thank you, God, for invading these spaces. God, we surrender our lives to you. We surrender our hearts. Come and blow your spirit through every room, every closet, every backyard, every garage, every kitchen. God, blow us into that living room and help us to choose the one thing, to sit at your feet, the best thing over good things. We choose that today, God. We surrender our lives to you, and tomorrow we're going to get up and remind ourselves that we no longer live, that we are dead men. We are dead women. But Christ lives in us, in our house, in our hearts. And here Spirit is pushing us and moving us, and you're going to do some amazing things in all these rooms that just were opened up today. We pray that in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen.